The family is back together. LaMelo Ball changes his number to number one. We discussed it all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. Now to the scribe is in the building. <laughs> oh, actually, have there a, we actually, go. Actually, actually, have a DJ air horn. Oh, beautiful! beautiful. I liked I liked your soundbite better. You got you got excited <laughs> with the emphatic intro, and yeah, then you no. were looking for the buttons, and you decided that was the soundbite that was going to come on. What was up, Dude, man? You How you doing? That. You doing man, all right, Nada? I am good. I am good. I am in the middle of Peach Jam, otherwise known as the most important part of my summer. What is, peach jam? what is peach jam? Because I, I is, love peach jam on a biscuit. Um, I'll eat it on some toast. on a biscuit is awesome. But it right. is the, again, basically you're having all the amateur circuit head up to Augusta, Georgia. And we're going to watch them play ball and, and evaluate them and have a whole giant juicy gossip circle of college basketball around it. So that's pretty Sick. much peach jam in one, like in like a 15 second cut. And for the most part, like it's going to absorb most of my life as the producer of Iron College Basketball, which has, as of now, over two point six million. <laughs> yeah, throw it in there. <laughs> Speaking of sauces, that was saucy. Bringing that yeah, in there too, was. peach jam, and then you're bringing in the numbers. Great stuff. It's not a describe. Yeah. If you don't know who he is, he's a former member of the Lockdown Hornets podcast, former co-host, and now he's back as an official alumni member. Moving on to bigger and better things, Ion College Basketball, and now getting to do things like the Peach Jam. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Not a Describe. You can follow, please me, don't on follow me on Twitter. At Walker please don't follow me on Twitter. Please, please. Well, I will block you. I, I will most likely block you. Don't get in his mentions. You can follow what he's doing, though. Please, as a producer, Not a, like, I'm I'm going to tell you right now don't drive people away from the product that you're working on go ahead and try to bring oh, oh, people no. to the like product. they're gonna again if you love college basketball you already know what we are mm-hmm. the thing is like don't follow me follow <laughs> like follow ion college basketball well, well let me tell the people your twitter handle so they know what not to follow and if you're fair, following fair, nada fair, then fair. quick then click unfollow real quickly not of the scribe go away don't pay attention to anything that's on his timeline just go <laughs> as far away as possible doug is on twitter at doug branson loh follow him also follow his Hornets Substack, stack every hornets one episode released already going to be releasing another one this week uh pretty fun era i'm hoping for so we'll see we're going to get to all of that later on as well Let's get into some other interesting news. Steve Clifford, he joined Adrian Wojnarowski on the Woj pod. We'll get to that in just a moment about his relationship he discussed with LaMelo saying, um, you know, kind of building off some of the stuff he talked about after that introductory press conference, the best players want to be coached. And we'll get to that in a moment. But before we get to that relationship, LaMelo officially changed his number to the number one. And we know how badly LaMelo wanted to do this. Yeah, the fanfare is welcomed here. LaMelo, I'm sure, is playing all of the sirens and all of the fanfare. He desperately wanted this. And I can we can remember going back a couple of years ago when LaMelo wasn't going to be able to get that decision in before the deadline. He would be asked about it. He put his palms up. He's like, we're working on change my number every day, man. Don't know if we're going to be able to do it, but we're working on it every day. Deadline passed. The deadline is there because there's too much NBA merchandise, especially for a popular player like LaMelo, to where it's like, look, 
you got number two on everything. You're going to have to buy all of this. We got to have a payout. It's it's not, we're not going to be able to do it. And then this deadline passed. And so he had to wear number two again. But now he's number one. So, Nada, I go to you. Mm-hmm. Um, are you happy to see LaMelo, number one, get what he wants? But also, it feels like it kind of fits a little more, given what his, what, what his mantra is, how he goes about himself. Well, to be fair, like I would say the first thing is if he's going to move off that number, let's start talking about maybe retiring Grandma Ma's number now. Let's talk to Larry Johnson, retire number two, make sure that number two never gets used again. Oh, we're playing that the hits be- with Nada. We're playing well, the I hits of the topics. Going, going right <laughs> to Jersey retirement talk. Yeah, I love but, 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 love uh, but, I, but that's the thing. First thing first, I'm glad he, they're getting this done. It fits a little bit better for what he wants to do, especially – with the MB stuff, with his sneaker line, everything else like that. But I, I just hope that this just settles and then we can stop talking about numbers. But I'm glad that they finally got this done, even though technically it's a year late. So, I, you know, it's interesting looking back at some of the quotes that he has on this. It's more than it feels like it's more than a branding thing, that it's more than a kind of a commercial idea of like, I'm number one and that's what I've been for a long time. And that's what, those are the kind of jerseys I want to sell. This feels like for him, a source of identity. He feel, he said he feels more comfortable or he felt uncomfortable wearing the number two. Um, In April of 2022, he said, I'm not supposed to wear number two ever again in my life. And there have been other quotes where there's almost a spiritual element to this or or something that is beyond commercial, that's beyond branding. He feels like he is number one and wants to be in that jersey. And so I'm, I think this is going to, I hope, have some trickle-down effect into the way he actually plays on the floor. It sounds weird, but I think it could be. Yeah, this is the classic primetime. If you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. Apparently, looking good is that number one having been changed from the number two. We also did this. If you're a Carolina Panther fan, we did this with Shaq Thompson when he went single digits. DJ Moore went single digits. Huge fan, right? I liked the number two for LaMelo anyway, but number one will look a lot better. And then we did this with Shaq. He went to number seven, balled out. Then I think got injured, and then that was it. But like these guys definitely identify with their numbers that they've worn ever since, you know, grade school, you know, playing basketball at the earliest of stages. And anytime we can write a wrong by Malik Monk on this franchise, I think it's just good wow. juju overall. Yeah, I'm just going yeah, to, oh, what? Go I, what? Wow. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm a bad guy all of a sudden. Wow. For, I, I didn't, I didn't hold the number. That's Malik Monk holding the number. I didn't do anything. And that was a bad thing for Malik to do. Yeah. Come on. Malik wasn't the future of this franchise. You could clearly see Lamelo was the future of this franchise. No, that's true. But Malik Malik just needs to give his number up to Lamelo. Plus, by the way, like, are we... A weekend update segment, segment, by the way, everybody like ooing and aahing at this statement I'm making. Is there there evidence that Lamelo went to Malik early and asked him for the number and Malik flat out turned him down? Are you assuming? Yes, it was. No, it was reported that Malik Monk didn't want to give the number up. I not, that's, that not an, that's not an that's not an that's not an well look it up you look it up you're the one bringing these claims you look <laughs> regardless it up bring it up regard look it up regardless uh lock it up <laughs> number one when he moves to number one Lamelo has some big shoes to fill okay it's not just malik monk it's mm. mugsy bogues it's mm-hmm. b diddy baron davis you can't see it but i got the jersey hanging up in the rafters in the studio here 
It's Kemba Walker who briefly wore one. Uh, totally forgot about that. For the that, Bobcats, by the way. though. For the yeah. Bobcats, yeah. right? Totally for forgot. the Bobcats, no, no doubt. Lance Stevenson wore the number one. Yeah, big Courtney shoes to Lee fill. wore the number one. <laughs> Steven Jackson wore the number one. Mm-hmm. Cardi, is it Cartier Martin? Cardi, it's, it's Cartier know. Martin. Cartier, Cartier Martin wore it. Cartier Martin or Cartier Martin? Cartier actually is. Cartier he, Martin. He, he, he was he's he's super country if I remember right. Andre Brown wore the number one. Ryan oh, wow. Hollins wore the number one. Jason Hart wore the number one. Derek Anderson wore the number one. Hmm. Interesting. That's all I got. And now it's Lamelo. Thank goodness <laughs> that we can finally get to Lamelo wearing the number one, who also has to build a pretty strong relationship with Steve Clifford if we want this team to be successful. It doesn't mean that Lamelo has to be or is going to be successful from this, right? Like as far as you know, it's not predicated on Steve Clifford. He could technically, you know, move on. He's still young. He can move on from this team at the end of his contract or whatever happens, right? But if we want the best situation for the Charlotte Hornets. Clearly that involves LaMelo ball. Clearly that would be because, or or in part because of a strong relationship between the head coach and LaMelo ball. And we got to hear from Steve Clifford talk about just that on the Woj pod. Not, I know that you said you listened to that as well. What, what stood out to you about Steve Clifford kind of talking about the importance of building a good relationship with LaMelo and also what that might mean. What, what does quote unquote good relationship mean? Good relationship means that you just don't get fired. Like let, let's let's be real here. Let's be real here. The Having a good low. relationship just means that. Okay. I hope I don't get fired. I had I vibe with the star because he understands. He acknowledges in that podcast this is a stars league. So therefore, you're gonna have to do these things where you're gonna have to. Everything goes through the star. So if he's going to have a good relationship, if he's going to have a successful second tenure here, he's going to have to have that relationship to where if it, it, it the offense is going to be run in the way that LaMelo feels most comfortable the defense is going to be is going to it, there's going to be some cajoling in, in terms of on ball defense where LaMelo's going to have to get better but the idea is LaMelo is officially the head of the snake at this point and at this point every decision that being made about the franchise has to be thought with LaMelo first in mind and that in turn becomes a thing where you have to develop a, a, honestly a relationship and get an idea of, okay, we're watching film together. We are also talking about defensive schemes. And if LaMelo's the kind kind of guy that we've always been reported that he's just this basketball savant, then him and Cliff are going to get along great no matter what at this point. Yeah, he's saying all of the right things. He's, you know, Clifford's saying this is the most talented team he's been a part of. He's he's praised LaMelo Ball, saying he sees the same love of the game that he saw in Kimba Walker in LaMelo Ball. So he's saying all of the right things to to the public, but that's not where the relationship is going to be formed. The relationship that's going to form between those two individuals is going to happen behind the scenes. And I think what was important that we heard in this Woj interview is that Clifford said that he's holding off on the sort of in-depth basketball conversation with LaMelo until he further studies his game because he says, and I, and I think this is correct, when you when you address really professional basketball players overall, but but especially 
star all star level players in this league you don't want to guess you, you want to make correct. sure that you got to come correct or you lose credibility and especially when you're not a player when you're somebody the clifford was a, a kind of a, a fringe d3 player yeah he said he was cr- like a, a sub he was like fine in d3 right. <laughs> or right. d2 or whatever yeah so you don't have that to hang your hat on in terms of credibility you have to make sure that when you have a conversation with lamello that lamello understands oh this guy knows my game inside and out and is trying to actively help me so he's he's saying all of the right things and and that relationship um, is going to form behind the scenes it's not going to be something that he says to the media yeah well and before we move on I thought what was most interesting about Steve Clifford and what he deemed a good relationship with LaMelo of course it's honesty the founding factor of any good relationship Mm -hmm. but it's also Steve Clifford talking about how he doesn't need to spend a whole lot of time outside of the gym with LaMelo like that it's it's not necessarily you know them going out to dinner a ton like he said he did go out to lunch with Terry Rozier and that he's talked with Flamelo a couple of times but that when you're watching film together and you're being honest about hey this is what I see from you this is what I think you can do better this is what I think you're doing well right now what do you think do you agree or disagree let's come together and try to figure all of that out now if you'll remember James Borrego I think he did kind of like to spend some time with these guys outside of the court Mm -hmm. because I think remember he had that time where he invited everybody to his house and then they were playing pool basketball you know they were you know all swimming having a cookout and that's that's cool too like honestly I like that I don't think that there's any wrong way here i think what james brago was doing was trying to build a relationship with lamello i think also that's exactly what steve clifford is doing and he's more comfortable in a way of saying well i don't need to have him over for a cookout at my house we just need to make sure that we agree on the court we agree with what's going on and if if we don't agree then we have a, a, a healthy dispute enough to try to come together and figure out what's wrong like how we can come together and figure out what's best for the team you know he said it himself yeah. We need to figure out what's individually better for LaMelo and we need to and we need to figure out how his performance best affects the team. I love the answer that he was given. It seems like he's really thought about this and some of it just kind of naturally comes out based off his experience in the NBA. Like the biggest thing that I came away with for that in, from that interview honestly from the whole thing was Cliff knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important in understanding okay this is what I can do this is what I can't do and for the things I can't do I can go ask questions I can go get outside help I have the coaching staff that I do have that is very talented from the Borrego era that I can essentially bolster what I don't know and I think he's also kind of admitted that in terms of the offense in that interview as well so as long as he knows what he is again the big thing about and I guess that's the big thing about this is like Cliff knows who he is And as long as he knows who he is and he understands it, then he's going to be honest to a fault, maybe to a fault at least. But that's going to probably be the best policy going forward for this entire team, not just LaMelo. Worked with Kimba. I mean, it worked for Kimba. Yeah, there's a couple of other things. Maybe we can get to that later on in the week. But we got to get not out of here at a decent time. So we'll move on to the second segment. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We talked about the star and LaMelo Ball. Now let's get to the even younger guys who just finished up playing in Summer League. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to hand out Summer League MVP and talk Summer League superlatives, but not before we talk about Built Bar. From the people who invented Healthy and Tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs 
treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you, too. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they're all delicious. The best part about Bill, uh, Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you, too. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15. Summer League Talk coming up next. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Not a how mad are you at us for not getting you any built bar boxes and like... A long time now. It's been a I while. Pro- I was told there I would be paid in Built Bar. I was told. <laughs> and I don't have any Built Bar. They're like, so there's good. There's none on my desk. There's, no, there's, a, none at, yeah. there's none in my mailbox. Where's my Built Bar, Walker? Where's um, my Built Bar? Look, Built.com. Yeah, yeah you can, I even have a promo code for you if you want. Just listen to this episode, and then you can go check out the promo code. I see um, how y'all do me. They're getting better. They're getting better, too. I'm not going to lie to you, Nada. They're actually getting better, as they you They were just already heard. good. What are you I talking know. about? I know. It's crazy. All right, let's talk about some Summer League superlatives here. So we have a set list of questions. Most mm-hmm. surprising. We're going to get to disappointing. We're going to get to a couple of other categories, including the MVP. But let's start with most surprising. Doug, we'll start with you. We'll give Nada some time to think about who he thinks was the most surprising in this year's Summer League session. So the first superlative, you look to the back page of the yearbook and you see all of the senior awards. Who do you give that award of most surprising mm-hmm. to? I think it's Bryce McGowan's. Uh, that's just, to me, this is the easiest one of the bunch. I didn't expect. I, I knew that offense was definitely his strength, but I didn't really expect it, that shot to be so smooth. It wasn't as consistent as you would hope, but it was smooth, and and he had takeover potential. And I didn't expect that. Bryce McGowan's my most surprising from summer league. I'm going to have to go. I have to agree with Doug. It's got to be McGowan at this point because I thought he was going to be a project project be someone that was going to do what he did next year, not this year. I think the strength is going to be an issue going into the season, but for what he did right now, he's got to be the most surprising and it's not even close. Yeah. I got to disagree. I hear this. Bryce kind of did exactly what I thought he would, you know, even before we started the summer league stuff, we talked about him being the leading scorer of this team. Uh, we, We called it. Like, yeah, Bryce is going to be a link scorer. That's exactly what he was. He was hot and cold. Shot was falling sometimes for two games it did. Shot wasn't falling. I think he shot, was it 35% from the field all in total? You know, so like, you know, I Bryce kind of did what I thought he would. But LJ Figueroa did it. <laughs> like, where did that guy come from? Especially yeah. in the beginning but where did part he go? of Summer where did League. Where he go? That's, That's another fair enough. But I didn't expect him to show up at all. You know, even if he left the party a little early, I didn't expect him to show up to the party. So give me LJ Figueroa, a guy that I did not expect us to talk about really contending for at least a training camp invite. I mean, at least kind of battling for another one of those two-way spots. Like, LJ Figueroa was pretty surprising at the beginning part of Summer League. All right, the next one, Nada, we're going to start with you. I'm going to put okay. you on the spot. Who was the most disappointing in Summer League? The easy answer would be JT Thor. 
but I'm not going to go there. Okay. I think it's Jalen Crutcher. For someone that was regarded fairly well as possibly being the backup point guard to this team, he showed nothing. And I he he's now at the Joe Cheely stage for me. And for anyone that know, remembers Joe Cheely, he was the guy that everybody would talk around the team like, oh, he's really good. He's going to be something. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. Never turned out to be anything. So for Jay, just for Jalen Crutcher right now, I I just think he was just he should have been better than he actually was. And unfortunately, he like I do wonder about the point guard position going into Greensboro next year. All right, I'll go second here. I actually think it's the people that put Jalen Crutcher in place. I'm going to go with the front office. (laughs) You saw, you're the person in the the, the fantasy draft Mm -hmm. that just saw my eyes light up at who was left left on the board, and you stole it. I I traded up to get in front of you to make sure I got that pick in, and my pick for most disappointing is the front office for constructing this roster in a way that didn't emphasize everybody's skill set. And we've talked about that a ton, but it goes into Jalen Crutcher. It goes into... Tyshawn Alexander being the other best option. We tried Bryce McGowan's who flashed a little bit, some passing ability, but still not enough. Yeah. Get some ball handlers, get some facilitators. Uh, That's, that's on the front office. They were most disappointing. Uh, Mine is going to be a tie between the producers of the television product that decided to double box uh, an interview, (laughs) an entire interview with Mario Chalmers in a game. In a game that did not involve the Miami Heat, <laughs> it was just these double boxes on the interviews mm-hmm. were just absolutely absurd. It hurts the product. People are actually watching to check out these young up and coming stars, not to watch Mario. All respect to Mario Chalmers, but that's not why people are sitting around watching these games. And it's going to be tied with Steve Smith and whoever his broadcast partner was discussing, <laughs> not giving giving like a fluff Miles Bridges nice. scouting report. Uh, oh, the, you know, the production crew on that deserves like, yeah, because it wasn't that it's like Steve Smith. Wasn't it like Chris Haynes was involved in that too? Chris, well, he Chris was. Haynes came on with the report yeah. that, that seemed to disagree with the graph. It was just a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole, <laughs> was, mm-hmm. Hey, Hey, I, I, I've said it a million times. Hey, we're coming back from commercial break. Go, go to that miles thing again, run it back. Let's do it. Well, here's the thing the the summer league product at, as a product that you would go there and witness live seems to have grown a lot as they've shifted all of the focus to Vegas. It seems like a really cool event to attend either as a fan or somebody that is covering the team and it's growing. And now I think they need to pay a little bit more attention to the actual television product. If that's going to be a priority at all. Fair. Yeah. Good point. Double box, get rid of it, especially the quadruple box. I I mean, I feel like my nightmares are had in quadruple box viewing. Um, all right, let's go to the most resembling of a bouncy castle. <laughs> this is what I'm say, gonna, I say. I put this in the run. I, I like this superlative. Most yeah. most resembling a bouncy castle. Everybody remembers this. their high school classmate that most resembled a bouncy castle. When we right. go back to superlatives, in everybody every remembers year. that. Um, Doug, I'm going to let you go first on this, considering this is your baby. So go ahead, mm-hmm. please. Sky, Sky Jones, Sky Jones. Sky, he yeah. had the bounce. He had the bounce the whole time. I mean, these monstrous dunks that he was throwing down. He was doing it in transition, but also he was just doing these amazing standing dunks where he looked like he was on a pogo stick. He is a human pogo stick. Uh, it was pretty incredible to watch. And at least in part, I think masks, you know, some other issues that Kai Jones has that may you know, hamper his ability to get serious rotation minutes. He's he remains an exciting and energetic player that could lead to bigger things down the road. 
Yeah. <laughs> Nada, is there anyone you can go? This no, question. Doug built this for Pretty one targeted. guy. Yeah, yeah he did. Doug built this for one guy. <laughs> I appreciate you doing this, but we have to understand you did this for one guy, and that guy is Kai. One Kai. Kai. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to figure out another way to spin this. I couldn't figure it out in Maybe the Thor. two minutes Maybe. that you guys answered. So, yeah, just give me Kai Jones. And then the next one. <laughs> you get Guess who picked up this superlative as well? Most mm-hmm. resembling Carlton in that one episode of Fresh Prince when he got mad and took the ball from Will and tossed up a shot that had no chance and was hoping at half court that it might go in. Who best resembles that, Doug? I'm going to allow you to go first on this one, too. It's a tough. It's a tough decision on this one. This it one is. actually, I think, has two candidates. But I'm gonna have to go with Kai Jones just because of the first game where he went 0 of 10 from the three point line. And, and these weren't. <laughs> I think we have to remember that these weren't catch it. A lot of them were not catch and shoot opportunities where guy, you know, guys were driving, dishing, finding Kai open, you know, in the corner or something. Those three point shots that you're generally okay with a big taking working out. These were, I mean, he was, he was doing an impression of a point guard out there. I mean, he was trying to do these step back three point shots, contested shooting over defense. These are not great shots, uh, but there's another, and I want to see if this name comes up, but there's another player that did resemble Carlton in that one episode of Fresh Prince when he got <laughs> mad and took the ball from Will and tossed up a shot that had no chance. Oh, you mean Nick Richards? Because Nick no, Richards I'm not thinking of Nick the, Richards. I because, Nick Richards. because I remember specifically that one, there was, I think it was the second game where Kai Jones was open in the corner. And I think Crutcher tried to hit him in the corner to hit, shoot the three. Richards comes out with his wingspan, grabs the ball, and is like, nope, I'm going to take, again, he's not shooting this. I'm shooting this. Look at me. I'm the captain now. So that's, again, so it's Nick Richards. Like, Nick Richards earns a little bit of um, of this award, too. Besides, we haven't, I haven't crapped on Nick Richards enough yet this week. There you go. Um, I think I have, I want to change it, but Kai Jones, I don't think he hit a three the whole summer league session, right? I mean, he missed he his first he 10. He, 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 oh, he, he hit one? Or maybe more. I know he okay. hit at least one in that final okay. in the final yeah. contest. Okay, there you go. All right. So if Kai Jones hit one, you know, it's not like that absolves him, but Kai Jones probably the guy. Leangelo Ball, the multiple air ball game, you know, like that was bad. Um, and then Jalen Crutcher. Like Jalen Crutcher had a million missed shots, and also his passes were Carlton-esque, where he would pass the ball, go like this, hoping it would be completed, and then it would just be a turnover. It would be stolen. So I think all of those guys are up for the Carlton. A Co- couple of good names. I, I would also throw Bryce McGowan's into this Same. category. Just self, just a lot there of missed shots. Mo- there were a few, a lot of missed shots and a few moments where those shots were really ill-advised shots to take, and I thought there were moments in this summer league where he got a little too selfish and, and, yeah. and, th- and th- that's, that's the allure. Vegas is all about the self. It is all about feeding the ego. It's all about, I mean, sin city, baby. Uh, you know, I mean, I get it. It's, it, there's an allure <laughs> to doing that in Vegas, but uh, you know, I, I think it's something that Bryce McGowan's will have to, he's, he's going to have to tamper that down in training camp and preseason when he gets around, you know, the, the real deal McGill, players on this team all right let me call an audible because mvp is a big award doug do you just want to do that in the third segment and then we can kind of feed off of that because we got tease it baby all right let's do it coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet we're gonna talk summer league mvp no more bouncy castles no more carlton character-esque the type of stuff we're gonna talk about the summer league mvp one more segment with not of the scribe next on locked on hornets this is locked on hornets 
we said it Monday. They lost to the Pips. They didn't lose to Gladys Knight. They lost to the right. Pips. They lost to the backup band. They lost to Steve. Now, granted, depending on the backup band, that this is still an impressive backup band. If it's like Stevie Wonder's backup band, then yeah, it's awesome. But if it's like say. <laughs> the Kings of Leon backup band, totally different. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. To be fair, if it's anybody that resembles Stevie Wonder's band on Sesame Street, then yes. okay, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. I'll take an L to them all day long. Yeah. But you, Kings of Leon, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's quite the antithesis. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. It's a little bit different. All right, Summer League MVP. Not a you are the guest. This is one that you can think about a little bit more. But what are you going? Who are you going with? Who was the most valuable player of this Summer League roster? It's Mark Williams, and as someone that didn't think that he was going to do the stuff he did. I was happily proven wrong. I thought he stayed in front of guys pretty decently. I thought he rebounded semi, he rebounded okay for being an NBA rookie and going against grown men. I thought he protected the rim awfully well. I thought he was literally the best player on the floor for the Charlotte Hornets summer league team. And it gives me hope that they have they've finally fixed that situation where they can actually put a guy out there that can defend the rim and can actually defend their man and it, it'll it may change a lot for them uh yeah i agree i mean part of this is that nobody showed out big time at summer league there wasn't somebody that you left saying oh my goodness they are awesome i'm ready for them to be on the roster right now it was a fantastic session but mark williams Every single game, you could point to consistent defense and say, yep, I feel good about that. The finishing, it came and went for Mark Williams. And look, this is a guy that's 7-1, who's athletic, has a huge standing reach. Dunk it, finish at a better clip around the rim, right? Didn't show you a whole lot of isolation scoring prowess whenever he would get the ball on the post. A lot of that was spacing. A lot of that was, you know, just a bad roster construction around him. But I felt good every single game about what Mark Williams gave us defensively. And if you can point to a whole five game slate of good performances, at least on one end of the court and some, you know, maybe a couple nice contests offensively. Yeah, not. I agree. Mark Williams, he gets my MVP too. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm about to go CJ McCollum on you too, because I'm going to start complaining about participation trophies. Yeah, sure. Mark Williams showed up. He did exactly what you thought Mark oh, Williams no. was going to do, but oh, nothing boy. more and nothing less. And I'm sorry, folks, we don't give most valuable player trophies. We shouldn't give summer league rings to summer league champions, and we shouldn't give most valuable player awards or trophies to players that just do what you thought they were going to do. No, but you want to give it to players who go outside of that and there was only one player that oh, really no. did that and that is jt thor hit a game-winning shot in sudden death overtime and was what? really was really <sighs> the only player i know everyone slept on the fifth game I probably a lot of people probably weren't watching by then they had already moved on with their summer but 28 points in that last summer league game almost brought them back I mean, was one of the main reasons why they were even in contention in that game. Had five steals in that game. Folks, JT Thor did it in the box score when in it one mattered. Game. 
One Give game. him the MVP, MVP. for one two game. Games. So he two gets games. the sprite one player of two the game games. is what you just They're gave only him. five games. MVP What's two out of five? is a regular season award, but you wanted to give him the sprite player. That's the Al Jefferson award. Two out of five games. He had two he had, games. He was awful before that game winning three. He was not good. Uh, he did it while he narrative shot. Did it when it mattered. <laughs> yeah, a, JT see, Thor. This is, this is where I would try to give my disappointed black father from a TV sitcom <laughs> face to you, Doug. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Um, He's not even worthy of that. In all seriousness, you know, with Mark Williams, I I do even just in a serious manner, like he did do more than we thought. I mean, he he did guard in space. Mm -hmm. You know, we did talk about him actually doing pretty well when switched on into a perimeter player. Yeah, it's summer league, but he passed that first test, right? Like there's levels to this. And when we get to the regular season, I don't want Dennis Schroeder and Mark Williams go at it on the perimeter. Mark Williams didn't even start in the first two games. Didn't even start. And whose fault was that? The most disappointing award at the front office that I stole from you. It was their fault for that. Jordan Cerncamp. Gotta be starting them. Mark Williams is MVP. Like, I I just, uh, just JT, like, we could make a case that JT Thor was most disappointing outside of that last game. I thought about it. Absurd. I thought about it. No, but you know what's funny? Because I, I, I defended JT for a mm-hmm. while and mm-hmm. well and i like i don't i didn't give him most disappointing i just don't you were I, I did expect him to do more in those first four games on a consistent basis because he was awesome in game five you know and i feel good about jt going forward like the rotation player i feel most comfortable with it's jt and and it's probably mark after that um yeah, just yeah, I, I did I did want to see a little bit more, but game five he did. Like if we're going with the exclamation point award, JT Thor wins all that and then some. So um yeah, that'll do it for Nada's appearance on the Lockdown Hornets <laughs> podcast. We appreciate him taking some time away from the Peach Jam. Uh go have some fun down there in Augusta, Georgia at Nada and at least uh creating some content for it. We appreciate it. No problem. Peach jam always better than strawberry and grape jam, you peasants. Blackberry's the best though. Can we agree on that? Yes, we can. Okay, perfect. Excellent. All right, that's not of the scribe. We'll have him on later to discuss more Charlotte Hornet stuff. I just made you have that appearance, so you know you got to come on yeah. because I said that. That's also Doug Branson, the founder of the podcast. Go check out his work, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And I'm Walker Mail. I just try to control all the chaos between these two when they hop on. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked On NBA. It's a daily episode. Get your 30-minute daily fix on all of the things going about in the association again locked on nba make that your second listen anywhere you get your podcast have a great rest of your day we'll be back with you tomorrow